I also think, you know, in other ways, Amazon and what they've done is trained the consumer. So in a previous world, retailers would have maybe like balked at the idea of having sponsored products on their website, right? And they really wanted to maintain what they viewed as sort of the integrity of, for example, search. But we as consumers and customers are so used to seeing it often through Amazon, that it actually doesn't feel all that crazy or all that intrusive anymore, which I also think, you know, gets retailers a little bit more comfortable with operating the space. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Welcome to another episode of Retail Remix, everyone. We have a lot of fascinating conversations coming down the pipeline for you. But first, we're going to go back into the archives a little bit. Because media networks were such a big topic at the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo, we thought we would circle back to a fantastic conversation that took place during our virtual event in November. Our e-commerce editor, Nicole Silberstein, sat down with Jess Wong, who is a partner at McKinsey, to discuss the rise of retail media networks. Now, obviously, McKinsey is a trusted source for a lot of retail professionals, and their goal is to really dig into the new revenue models, new growth opportunities, and ways that retailers can fully capitalize on them. So this is a fascinating discussion, largely because Nicole closely studies the marketplace space, retail media, and what the implications are for retailers and brands alike. So listen in, it's a very fast-paced conversation, but it will definitely give you some tactical takeaways and insights, and will get you revved up for another few weeks of new content coming down the pipeline. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this session with Mackenzie's Jess Wong, who is going to be diving into the world of retail media with me. It's a hot topic in an area that has seen a lot of development, even in the last couple of months, with announcements from Kroger and Lowe's, to name just a few. So we're lucky to have Jess with us here today to help us first kind of get a handle on the full scale of the retail media opportunity and then explore the implications for retailers and brands. A little bit about Jess before we kick off. She's a partner at McKinsey & Company, where she works with consumer-facing organizations to drive impact across a wide variety of areas, including customer analytics, e-commerce, omni-channel strategy, and customer loyalty. She's also a driving force behind McKinsey's Women in the Workplace research. Welcome, Jess. We're excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. Great. So as we all are aware by now, there's been a seismic shift to e-commerce, something like 10 years of digital penetration in a matter of 100 days. Before we even go into the rise of retail media networks, I was hoping you could kind of set the stage by taking uh, talking a little bit about the types of change and disruption that marketers are experiencing right now. Of course, you're right. The world has fundamentally changed and the COVID-19 pandemic has affected us in more ways than one, but in some ways it's really sped us into an even more digitized future. So it's really accelerated the pace of change and required transformation on the part of marketers. This is especially true when we look at the changes to consumer behavior. We saw a 35% increase in e-commerce last year. 
Customers who had never even considered online shopping before were suddenly buying their groceries online week in and week out. And 75% of consumers have tested and experimented with new brands and they've switched brands entirely. So customer experience is really being redefined and brand loyalty has been really tested. So in the face of all of this, marketers have had to respond. And I think the strongest responses have been by companies who've really reinvented themselves and really embraced some of the pandemic-induced changes to unlock new longer-term growth opportunities, such as retail media, which we're talking about today. Well, that's the perfect kind of segue into our topic du jour, retail media networks. I would really love to start by just kind of getting a handle on how you define this entity. Like, what does the term retail media network encompass exactly? Sure. So at the crux of it, retail media is about taking the advantage of consumer data to make a closed loop connection among brands, retailers, and consumers. So let's actually take it step by step. You have a brand that wants to reach the consumer to get them to buy something. So they advertise somewhere on the internet. The consumer sees the ad. Later, they go to a retailer site and they buy that branded product. In today's world, there's no way for that brand to know if that specific ad that the consumer saw actually translated to a sale. So now let's enter in with the retail media network. The brand now pays the retailer for the advertising. The retailer will advertise on behalf of the brand. So that could be on the retailer's own site through a display ad or a sponsored product listing, or even on another website with an ad purchased on behalf of the brand. And so now when I'm the consumer, I see the advertisement, I click on it and I buy that branded product on the retailer's website. And this time, the retailer owned the ad and the transaction. So the retailer can make that direct connection, closing the loop, so to speak. So retail media networks are all about retailers using their data to help brands close that loop from point of advertisement to the point of sale. So as we said, there's been a lot of development in this space, especially recently. What kind of shifts have you seen in the marketplace that might be driving this beyond what you spoke about at the beginning, those broader kind of trends that we've all been seeing? Um, why are more retailers investing in retail media at the moment? Yeah, you're right about this rise in retail media. You mentioned a couple at the beginning, but we've seen you know 15 plus retail media networks launched in just the last couple of years. Um, and it is fueled, right, by what we were talking about with e-commerce. But over the last year or so, we've also seen that marketing spend in general has been in flux. This is you know, driven by various things like where we as consumers actually spend our time, some new consumer privacy constraints, how various tech companies have reacted to those. And so actually 50% of advertisers tell us they're planning to spend more on retail media networks next year. And at the end of the day, they want to be able to target their consumers that are relevant to them. And they're drawn by the first party insights that retailers can offer them. So given this demand and opportunity, retail media networks are a no brainer for retailers. It's potential incremental revenue at a very high margin. Hmm. What, what about more of the now of this? There seems to be a real sense of urgency. I mean, you mentioned that huge number of retailers that have done this just in the last couple of years. Why this upsurge and who, do, who is most inclined to capitalize on this? 
Yeah, I think part of it is the marketing dollars up for grabs. Part of it is the very attractive margin opportunity. And then as a result, retailers are just moving fast. So if you want to get into the game as a retailer, you kind of have to act now. And even more importantly, retailers that do this well can really take advantage of somewhat of a virtuous cycle. So the size and the reach of their e-commerce business allows them to launch a successful retail media business. And brands that spend marketing dollars in these retail media networks can then drive up the e-commerce sales and growth. So that really grows their e-commerce business. And you see sort of how the cycle works. And so if you're a retailer that has broad audience reach, you know who those audiences are. And very importantly, you have the ability to actually target those audiences accurately. Bonus points if you can do it across channels. Your ability to sort of link that spend to actual purchase data for a specific consumer or audience of consumer puts you in a really perfect spot. Um, just a side question. Do you think the Amazon effect is at play here at all? I mean, we've seen during this same period of time, Amazon's share of digital ad spend kind of inching up and they're taking a bigger and bigger piece of that pie. Is this a little bit about what's, you know, at, retailers are kind of looking at Amazon and saying, maybe we can kind of do the same thing? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of ways when you look at retail overall, Amazon has sort of been a first mover at the cutting edge and when retailers see what's working, they want to follow. And so I think what you're describing is very natural for other retailers to see the opportunity and want to do the same. I also think, you know, in other ways, Amazon and what they've done is trained the consumer. So in a previous world, retailers would have maybe like balked at the idea of having sponsored products on their website, right? And they really wanted to maintain what they viewed as sort of the integrity of, for example, search. But we as consumers and customers are so used to seeing it, often through Amazon, that it actually doesn't feel all that crazy or all that intrusive anymore, which I also think, you know, gets retailers a little bit more comfortable with operating in the space. That's actually a perfect segue to the next question, because the, the revenue advantage for retailers is clear. But this does do changing your business model in this way or adding to your business model in this way inherently changes the engagement with customers. Can you talk a little bit about how retail media networks are changing the customer experience? Yeah. So, you know, as consumers or customers today, let's say we're catching up on the news, doing our usual rounds on our favorite sites. And much, as, much of what you see are one of two things. One, you get a bunch of random advertisements that are annoying, completely off message, relevant to you as a shopper, or you get ads based on what you've already searched for or shopped for. So, you know, you search for that KitchenAid mixer, you bought it, and suddenly like mixers are following you around everywhere you go on the internet, even though you already bought the one mixer you need. I think in tomorrow's world, things can be a little different. You know, you or I don't have to change how we browse or use the web, but suddenly we'll get ads that are actually more relevant to us, our interests, things that, you know, our household actually needs. And actually, I think more importantly, maybe from brands that are actually aligned with our style, our preferences and things like that, not just product alignment. And then when we are shopping on the retailer site, 
You know, we might actually discover special offerings from new brands that spark curiosity that we've never tried before, but are targeted to us because there's something about us that makes us relevant to that brand. And I think maybe the best part is if the retailer already knows that I bought that KitchenAid mixer, their media network should not be chasing me around the internet with more advertisements for mixers. Right. So it's actually the potential for an improved customer experience. That's right. I think if retailers do it well, if they set the guardrails, put them in place so that they can still maintain a good customer experience, it can definitely enhance our experience as consumers. What would be some of those guardrails that need to be in place? Yeah, I think the most obvious one is limiting the types of brands that can advertise on your site as a retailer, making sure that in terms of sort of brand equity, it's aligned to your brand, what you stand for, what your values are. Hopefully that's the case anyway, because you're trying to serve something relevant to your customers. Um, But I do think that's really important if you don't want to sort of whittle away at the trust and the relationship that you're building with your customer. Another one is just thinking about, you know, where the advertisements show up on your website. How do you do it in a way that's not distracting and not intrusive to your customer as they're shopping, but rather something just, you know, that they note and they see and could potentially be additive to their shopping experience. Right, because that's something we see across the board is that when advertising interrupts the experience, consumers don't like that, no matter what the context of it. Exactly. So as you talk about this, it's starting to sound kind of like retail media is a team sport. There's a broad set of partners at play, brands, probably agencies and platforms. What are the dynamics that you might expect to see between these kind of different groups? And who do you think is most well positioned to thrive in this evolving ecosystem. You're absolutely right that it is an ecosystem and there are a number of players. And I actually think the beauty of it is that, you know, when it's done well, it could probably really create a win-win, right? It could be a win for retailers um, in that they can drive up their sales, like we were talking about, and a win for brands and their agencies if they know which audiences they want to target and they can actually get that better return on marketing spend through using a retail media network. I think the real players that can thrive will be the retailers who can actually do more with their data and offer that to brands and agencies that are looking to advertise with them. So to really differentiate, it will be the ones that have better audiences, better targeting opportunities, are more real time in the types of insights and reporting that they can provide back to the agencies and the brands. Um, And, you know, if they do that, like we said, grows their retail media business and grows their e-commerce business. And for brands and agencies, I think they have to be, you know, ready to be on the receiving end of that. So the ones that can actually use the data and insights really well um, will be able to not only, you know, drive better return on their performance marketing spend, but perhaps actually use that information, those insights in other areas, like where they should invest in product development or top of funnel spend. So that does require a little bit of groundwork on the part of the retailer, if they haven't already done it, to remove all those data silos that we know are there. I mean, the retailers have always been in the position of having more data than they need, but we know that it's been kind of segregated by channel. And um, so that does require, right, some work 
to bring all of that together and really gather holistic insights about their shoppers before they can offer a really valuable retail media option. Yeah, that's totally right, Nicole. I think that is critical, but maybe the good news here is that, you know, we've been talking about personalization for a really, really long time and how retailers need to better use their data to be able to better target their own audiences with their own products. And I think retailers can use view this as sort of an extension of those efforts. So all that effort you've been putting into breaking down those silos, you know, and all of that that you talked about, Nicole, um, you can now benefit from that in other ways, not just targeting consumers with your own products, but also on behalf of other brands as well. That really is kind of what the excitement is about all of this, right? Because it's something that retailers already have. As yeah. you made the point, they have already been doing the work for other reasons to get it into a form that's really beneficial. It's just a little bit about adding another layer of use to that information. Exactly. Yeah. Great. So um, as we look ahead to the end of the year and then into 2022 and beyond, what are some kind of key trends you're keeping your eye on in this space? Are there any predictions you can share to us about what we might see happen in the future with retail media? Yeah. Well, I don't know about predictions. If the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that, you know, we have to be okay with some uncertainty. Um, but we talked about digital acceleration at the very beginning of our conversation. And I expect that that will sustain. I don't think that is going to back off. Um, and so for retailers and businesses that really are able to keep up, um, this will probably continue to be an area of competitive advantage for them. And I think it also dovetails into um, technology-enabled growth. So in order to move at the speed of consumers, move at the speed of markets, companies who can actually use technology quickly to access consumers across channel, I think will also um, see a lot of success. And then I think the last thing, maybe a little different than my other couple points, is that I do think consumers are pushing companies in a way that they haven't before. And what I mean by that is, you know, consumers um, are starting to ask more of companies. If you look at our latest research, Actually, brand expectations have always varied by generation, but when you look at younger consumers and higher income consumers, they're starting to shift their loyalty by choosing brands that reflect their values, their purpose, something that they really want to stand for. So 60% of consumers told us that they prioritize um, the alignment with their values when they look at brands that they spend with. And so if you think about that, knowing that your consumers care and also quite honestly your employees right your stakeholders really care about some things like what you stand for i think companies are actually going to have to really think about how they incorporate um you know different dimensions into how they define impact to be able to maintain that relationship with consumers moving forward so overall very excited for what's ahead um i think a good time for marketers given all of the disruption um, and all of the opportunity. It is nice to hear some positive news for marketers. There's been a lot of hits this these last couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely. Challenges. I'm optimistic. Oh, well, that's a that is a great note then to end on. Thank you, Jess, for sharing your expertise and your insights on this really fascinating emerging area of retail. And thank you all for joining us. Hope to see you at other sessions in the conference.
Great. Thanks so much for having me. What did I tell you? Great conversation, right? And um, this won't be the last time we go back into the treasure trove of content we have across all of our properties on retail touch points. In fact, pretty soon we'll have some on-demand content from the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo. Our goal is to spotlight some of our top-rated sessions and conversations during the event, which took place a few weeks ago in Chicago. So definitely stay tuned for those. We will be sharing them periodically over the summer. Thanks again, everyone, and let us know what you thought. Drop us a line on Twitter or LinkedIn at Retail Touchpoints, or leave us a rating or a review on your preferred podcast player. As you know by now, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, frankly, anywhere else. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.